The Healthcare Quality Cast is powered by the Quality Coaching Company. If you'd like to work with us to earn your Lean Six Sigma for healthcare certification or partner with our innovative corporate training and coaching programs to successfully scale your continuous improvement initiatives, then click the link below to learn more and apply. Hey, quality people, welcome to the Healthcare Quality Cast. I'm your host, Jarvis Gray, and in this podcast, we spotlight today's most exciting and inspiring industry leaders. We dive deep into the career journeys of these leaders that work daily to improve quality, safety, and service outcomes for their patients, their family members, and their communities at large. Our mission is to provide motivation and direction to our listeners, encouraging you all to continue your efforts in improving the overall quality of healthcare. Now, let's meet today's quality guests. Thank you for joining in on another episode of the Healthcare Quality Cast. And today I am here with my guest, Mr. Merritt McKenzie. Merritt, are you ready to share with some quality people? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Jarvis. I appreciate it. All right, wonderful. Well, Mary, man, it is an honor to officially get you onto the show, but Mary, we love to start every show with getting our positive affirmations to, uh, to really build up some momentum for our conversation today. So I'd love if you could please share a favorite leadership quote or a leadership mindset. Tell us why it appeals to you and how do you apply it on a daily basis? Well, thank you for that, Jarvis. I uh, appreciate that question. Um, I have a few quotes that I, I really uh, align to. And one of my favorites is uh, by Abraham Lincoln. And it goes like this, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And I've lived by that mantra for, gosh, my entire professional career. And, and the reason I live by that is I've always had a vision in my mind where I wanted to be long-term in my career. And so with that, I knew I had to take certain calculated steps in order to get there. To, to achieve those goals. And, and that's what I wanted to do is really be able to take, to, take those steps so I can achieve that long-term um, vision that I wanted. So that one really resonates a lot with me. Um, and, and the other thing I'll add is that I think it's important um, to step into your greatness, all right? I, I really believe in that. And you know, sometimes we're, we're a little uncomfortable with wanting to take calculated risks um, but I believe it's through those calculated risks that you end up learning, developing and becoming better in your career as, as you start to develop and, and, and now you can have a better influence on, on people. So um, I, I would say those two uh, things, are, uh, Jarvis, as well, um, that I would share with you. Now, well, Merritt, I, I just have to highlight, you know, this is already going to turn into one of my favorite episodes because those are two of my favorite mindsets personally. Um, so I didn't know Abraham Lincoln had that quote, but yeah. I remember when I first heard that and it just resonated with me personally. Um, and I've applied that to my own approach to a lot of stuff, but even one of the uh, team members that I'm mentoring, um, he and I were just having a conversation earlier this week and, you know, he was making comments like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having to ask permission. I was like, go do it yourself. Right. Like that's awesome. Don't, don't wait for the opportunities, go create the opportunities. So it is a mindset that I resonate with and then step into your greatness. I mean, that, that goes for itself. And that's really one of the driving forces behind this podcast. So I love that you're getting that message out and uh, can't wait to explore everything 
that is Mr. Merritt McKenzie in our conversation today. So thank you. Thank you for that great start. I'm already excited. So no, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you're sharing that and that you align there as well. And, um, you know, and I'll, I'll say this and so we can keep going, Jarvis, that, that step into your greatness, that takes courage, <laughs> right? That takes a, a lot of courage. And it's one of those things where folks may not be comfortable because I sure wasn't. I, I sure wasn't uh, ready to step into uh, what I believe could be my greatness, but it was just through a lot of uh, self-reflection, devotion, and, and my support system that would help me to get there. So I encourage others to do the same. It's just really step into your greatness for sure. And I, I was just sharing with you, you know, I'm in the process of doing my own personal goal setting right now. And and that is my mindset with, you know, officially owning many of the different hats that I've been kind of testing out for the past couple of years, sure. um, including being a podcast host. And so personal reflections to your point, um, one of the questions on my wall that I try to reflect on every day, question number one, kid you not, Merritt, what fear did I confront today? Mm. To your point, right? It's mm. you got to step out of the comfort area. Um, and, and so, you know, I share, I'm slowly sharing that more and more with folks that these are practices that I'm building into my daily process. But again, just for our audience, I mean, stepping into your greatness, it, it requires you to do something that has probably held you back, uncomfortable, <laughs> scary, right? right? Yep. Scary. So, uh, so perfect. Again, Merritt, thank you for, for a phenomenal start there. Um, let me move you into the next question, because as I start to just, you know, really get excited about everything you're going to bring, um, let's get you officially introduced to our audience. So I love, Merritt, if you could please share with us your professional background, your current role, and absolutely what led you into this career path. No, thank you for that, Jarvis. Um, you know, simply put, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'm a healthcare executive who is passionate about growth and, and I, I'm passionate about uh, scaling organizations, growing organizations, and, and basically doing that by growing and developing people. To me, that is the key of, of, of any kind of organizational growth is focusing on that uh, on the employees so that we can impact the patients, the families, as well as the community. And so I look at my career in four stages. I've been in healthcare the last 26 years. And the, the first phase, I was a frontline clinician. I'm an occupational therapist by background and later became a certified hand therapist and did that for several years before I got into leadership roles where I was running operations for multi-site clinics and, and uh, in the outpatient therapy space. And from there, accidentally, I fell into running sales organizations, which I am not formally trained in sales, uh, but I tell you, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my career is to step into that. And, and it was part, wasn't part of my career plan, but someone saw enough in me that they believe I should have stepped into that role. And I did. And we talked about stepping into your greatness and taking calculated risks. That was one of them that I stepped into. And, um, and I'm glad I did because it, the business exploded. Uh, uh, and I'm proud of that with some of the initiatives that I put in place. And then lastly, as a general manager, if you will, so overseeing uh, multi-million dollar organizations uh, as a you know, operator or executive leader, being able to grow them as, as well. So um, those are the four phases I would take you through as far as my career is concerned. Merritt, you know, you and I have had a chance to connect and stay connected now for a few months through the work that we're doing 
with groups like uh, NASI, with groups um, like our Georgia ACHE body. Um, and I, I just want to give you props again, Merritt, every chance that I've had to connect and talk with you, um, to learn from you, just, you know, beyond, not impressed isn't the right word, because ultimately, I, I see so many characteristics that we share, but sure. every conversation has just challenged me to, you know, again, kind of reflect on my approach. And just, you know, kind of step my game up a little bit. So I just want to thank you for being an influence on me just in the early parts of our friendship and our relationship here. Um, and again, just the time that you're going to give to us on this podcast. Um, can't wait to, to pick your brains on so many different elements around healthcare leadership and just growth as a, as a whole. Well, to that point, two things. One, thank you for, for uh, those kind words. And, and I, I truly appreciate that and receive that. And, and two, the feeling is absolutely mutual. I too get fired up every time I talk with you and, and you just you just have a different lens on things and how you look at things and your view. And it gets me fired up. And I always come up with other ideas based on my conversation <laughs> with you. So you're definitely an inspiration to me as well. Uh, no, thank you. I, I received that as well, man. Um, let me move you into this next question, because again, this is where uh, we're just going to start delivering value for all of our, our audience members who are plugging in with this conversation. But um, Merritt, really, just based on your background as a healthcare executive and, and you know, a very well-tenured healthcare leader, um, what would you say are three critical concepts or topics that emerging healthcare leaders should have on their radar? You know, um, I would tell you the, the first one that is quite evident and clear uh, given the events of the summer of 2020 with the, the, the murdering of, of George, George Floyd and, and, and others. Um, and, and as we all know, it's, it's nothing new. It's been happening, but these have been recorded, if you will. Um, but what that has done has truly um, reawakened the country, if you will, but also it's put pressure on organizations to really look at their uh, practices as it relates to diversity within the workforce, um, and especially public companies. And, and now you're starting to see this movement within uh, private companies as well. And, and look, two things. One, it's the right thing to do that we really make sure that we are intentional about diversifying the workforce, leadership, the C-suite, as well as the boardroom. Uh, and two, there's a business case for it. Uh, there's several articles that have been written by McKinsey and others that shows that companies who are diverse in their workforce, as well as their senior leadership, they outperform uh, other companies who are homogenous, if you will. And that's factual. <laughs> and, and they're talking about diversity at the C-suite leadership, as well as in the, in the boardroom. Um, and so I, I, I believe strongly that it's important that, that leaders think about this and keep this top of mind because it's so easy to look. If everyone around you looks the same, then we're all doing the right thing. Well, there's a great article um, that I, I've referenced in some of the pieces that I've written on and my LinkedIn profile that talks about what homogenous groups do. They do not grow. <laughs> they, do, they do not because everyone has the same perspective, right? Everyone has the same thing that they're, they're thinking through. Whereas uh, groups that are more diverse, they're gonna bring some really constructive and positive tension. And that tension is what allows the, the business to drive forward. 
So that's a long, that's a number one, Jarvis. That's my long-winded number one. Um, number two, I would say, especially in healthcare, we must embrace technology as it relates to improving the patient experience. I, I think historically healthcare has been behind in that. Whereas you look at these more consumer facing companies, this is their lifeline. This is their bread and butter. You look at the Amazons of the world, uh, the Targets, the Walmarts, the, you know, the Netflixes, uh, you, you, you go down the list. It is all about the customer experience. I believe healthcare needs to catch up and it needs to embrace technology that will enhance the customer experience and the customer journey along the way. And that way you have more engaged customers, engaged patients within their care process. And hence, I believe that you'll, they'll have a better uh, clinical and functional outcome because of that. Whereas other, some of them, they may drop out if they're not engaged throughout that process. Um, three, empowerment leadership. I, I strongly believe that leaders must be intentional about empowering their, their workforce, empowering their employees, uh, giving them the support that they need, challenging them in the right way, uh, but making sure that they feel empowered and they feel they're in a safe environment that they can have a difference of opinion and be able to add value to the organization because it's through that differences in opinion is how we get better. Um, and here, here's one of the things with, with leaders I find is that we tend to always want to have the answer because we know it already. My strong recommendation of letters is to stop that. <laughs> We need to be the last to speak and the, the one to ask all the questions as much as possible, because that's what where the learning happens. And here's my last one for you, Jarvis. I know you said three, but here's number four. Um, especially in healthcare, we have to be innovative. We have to, and, and I went to a program through um, Stanford, it's called the Leading Change and Organizational Renewal and I learned this concept about being an ambidextrous organization. And they just went through case after case showing organizations that were ambidextrous. And I'll talk about that in a second, as well as organizations who uh, refuse to innovate. Right. And so when you think about an ambidextrous organization, it's two pronged. One, it's about exploit being that organization who is constantly being the best in their industry being the, the the driver, everyone turns to them to because they just do it so well. And the other prong is explore. They've got to be able to take the time to almost uh, create a, a lab, an incubation, if you will, to find out what else is out there that they could do to add value to their organization. And that incubation is, is where the magic happens. So case in point, Amazon, again, I, I because I'm a guilty, uh, passionate customer of Amazon as well. They are an ambidextrous organization. They completely took this whole idea of being the best in the business about getting things directly to the consumer and the most efficient way. And they set the tone. Now everyone else follows them. But the other side of it is that explore part, what they've been able to do, Prime Video, Prime Now, all these things that people are, are loving now, they had to pilot and test all those pieces in order to uh, get success out of it. So what I would encourage leaders to do as well organizations to be intentional and, and, and unafraid 
to pilot and test things as much as possible. You'll need to go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of testing of new programs, new services, or what have you, so that you can find that one. You only need that one that sticks and lands. And before you know it, you've created a whole new uh, 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 piece to your business that's adding huge value. So you got four there, Jarvis. <laughs> All right. So I, I appreciate you for already, again, going above and beyond the ask of the, uh, of the show script here. But um, no, I mean, let's, let's review those just to make sure our audience got them. Because again, the question is three critical concepts for emerging leaders. Honestly, as you as you broke everything down there, I think that's for emerging leaders and old school leaders alike, right? Agreed. That's going to impact every level of leadership. But the first being diversity and the focus on creating diverse organizations. Um, you know, you and I are both here in Atlanta, which, you know, for a mega city across the U.S., at least, this is about as diverse as it gets. And yet, you know, I'm calling out Atlanta organizations. I think we could look across the board and see that at least at the highest levels, there's there's a lot more opportunity. So sure. um, emerging leaders, old school leaders alike, look at the focus on diversity, um, bring in diverse talent, diverse disciplines, diverse mm -hmm. mindsets across the board. Um, the second- And, and you know, to your point oh, real quick, Jar, sorry to interrupt you. What I'll no, no. add with the diversity piece, you know, unfortunately some people immediately go to, it's a black and white thing. Oh, it is yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is black, Latino, um, Pacific Asian, uh, LGBTQ, um, age, disability. The list goes on. Well, po political diversity, like, spiritual, yeah. faith-based diversity. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the list goes on. And so we have to be just, we have to have the self-awareness <laughs> Of, do we have this in our in our organization or not? And so that is what I think is key. So I, I apologize for interrupting you, but I get so no, passionate no. about it. Um, but it's 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 the it's the truth. No, 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 no apology needed. That that's the perfect call out. You know, with the diversity council that we're both on, I've done my research, and have pulled up some really good articles just highlighting that there are officially from this one article I read thirty seven points of organizational diversity that all. Wow companies should kind of have on their radar. And it was stuff that I never would have thought out, you know? Wow. So, um, so yeah, diversity is a lot deeper than just race and ethnicity. Um, sure. so I love, I love that call out. Um, but then the second one, embracing technology to enhance the customer journey. Um, I am starting to see more organizations pop up with that type of a focus. You know, they help implement different tools and technologies that, you know, in theory should help drive that a little bit better, but, um, that's that's the wave of the future, especially as more healthcare leaves the hospital. I think that use of technology is going to be be right there. Um, empowering leadership, or empowered leadership, at least. Um, that's one that I've, you know, just talked about uh, on different times within this podcast, Merritt. Because to me, empowerment means really turning over leadership to the front line. And you said it perfectly, right? The leader's job is to sit back, listen, and ask a lot of questions, not tell people what the answer is. That's right. Um, and then the last one, uh, the focus on innovation, but the term you use, uh, ambidextrous organizations, never heard of that before. But um, I love the way you broke it down to exploit and then explore. And really where my head went is most large organizations across the world probably have a R&D 
department within the sure. organization somewhere that's probably doing the mix of exploiting and exploring. Yep. I've never worked at a healthcare organization and I've worked at some really big names, Merritt. Um, we don't have R&Ds. Maybe we have research, but research isn't the same as R&D, so to speak. So, that's right. um, so no, I just wanted to cap each one of those. I think those are some exceptional call outs. Um, any, any other thoughts before I kind of move you to the next question on no, sir. That, that is enough to get people's head around for sure. <laughs> All right. No, I love it, man. I love it. Love it. Um, Merritt, the next question I have for you, I love if you could share with us the biggest professional success and the biggest professional um, failure that you've had while being in formal executive leadership roles. And then most importantly, share with us, what did you learn from both? Absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll tell a story around that. So I had a leader that worked for me maybe some 15 plus years ago, and um, she was bright, sharp, you know, her, her team always just loved her, engaged her, um, and she just, I just saw so much potential in her, and uh, I will tell you, she didn't see it in herself. Right. She had some strong imposter syndrome like we all do, um, but she she just didn't see it in herself. And um, I recently engaged with her and talk about um, she was considering a role with a, um, a company that she's with to become their COO. And uh, I would tell you, we worked through that and, you know, I, I encouraged her that this is absolutely your time. This is what you should do. And just validate it for her that this needs to, to happen and she needs to go forth and, and, and conquer. And so I gave her my thoughts and feedback and, and preparing for that interview process. And I have to tell you, I, I'm excited to share that she got the role as the COO um, of, of the company. And we talk about diversity. She's the only female um, on, on that, you know, senior team, if you will, or, or one of, uh, maybe one of two. And um, what I'm proud about when I tell that story is that this is someone that I've worked with over the years, even when we didn't work together. I was, a, she was um, one of my mentees, if you will. I mentored her throughout her career as, as we've engaged. And, and so I kind of go back to saying it's so important that leaders are intentional about uh, mentoring someone, but also that sponsorship as well. Uh, so with, with her, that is probably one of my greatest um, excitements that I have, if you will, about being able to have intentional impact on, on others. That is what really gets me really excited. That's where I thrive and, and drive success is to watch others grow because of the influence that I've been able to have on them. Um, so that's the first side of your question. The second side is um, failures. One of my biggest failures is that at times in my past, I've, I've realized that I didn't listen to it, my inner voice. And that inner voice was telling me to, to take a certain step or, or step into what I believe is, is next for me. And I didn't listen. But I, and that didn't work out very well when I didn't listen to that inner voice. But the times that I did listen to that inner voice, huge, huge opportunities, huge blessings, huge advancements, huge um, gifts, if you will. And so I will tell you what I've learned from that is to truly be courageous and listen 
to that inner voice um, that, that I have. Um, and, and even though it may be unpopular at the time, I need to listen to it and step into it as strongly and as boldly as I possibly can. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it makes perfect sense to me because I, I'll share merit that both of your stories actually resonate with me personally. Um, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm already seeing the theme. Obviously, I brought you on to have conversations about leadership, but this, this continuous message that you're sharing with me and with our audience about stepping into your greatness, you know, listening to yourself, trusting yourself. But with your first story, you shared, um, you, you said the words imposter syndrome um, that, you know, your colleague was probably going through. And I didn't realize it until recently, but I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I've kind of had my own little bit of imposter syndrome because again, I've been coaching and consulting with folks, but you know, when folks ask me about it, you know, I, I, I never really tell people what I do. Um, I yep. describe it or I kind of dance around. Um, I have a, a highly recognized podcast, but I never tell people I'm a podcaster, right? So it, I've just started working with, with a coach myself over the last couple of months. And as I'm telling her the things I do, she was like, yeah, you're a podcast host. And I was like, oh, but you know, but, but you know, <laughs> right? So, and I, and she called me out on it. And so that's something again to your to your message stepping into your role you wear the hat you know into your greatness those are things that i'm currently working through but again i, I want to cap that because um for any of our team members listening to this podcast i mean do that same reflection in your day-to-day -day life uh, whether you're trying to grow into your next leadership opportunity um whatever side hustles and other great ideas you may be working on Go ahead and start to wear that hat, own that title, that role, those results, that that value that you're providing, own it. Um, but then your other part with listening to that inner voice, I mean, that kind of goes back to everything we started the show around as well. Do those things that are going to make you a little bit uncomfortable, but you got to listen to the voice from time to time. So I, I just want to say, you know, amen, you know, all, <laughs> all of the above, man. seriously, seriously. And I, and I truly hope, again, it. it connects with our audience, but those are personal things. And you had no idea, but those are things that I'm currently working through in my journey as well. Jarvis, let me say this. You are not alone. We are all on that journey. I too um, deal with imposter syndrome even today, all the time. And, and should I be here? Am I the right person for this? Am I doing the right things? And and again, that's second guessing. And, um, and, and you said it, and, and we, we've talked about this as, again, stepping into your greatness and just realizing, hey, you are called for this and know that you are called for this. And you may not be perfect, but perf it's not about perfection. It's about the process, Absolutely. right? We've got to take the steps and have the process. Perfection will come over time, but it, it, and it doesn't even always count. It's just really more the pro process of continuous learning and development. So Wonderful. I'll share that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Mary, I'm going to move you to this next question. And again, kind of intrigued to see where you go with this, but I would love if you could share a, a personal favorite um, go-to tool or technique that effectively supports your leadership style. I love that question. I would tell you self-awareness is probably number one. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm an observer. I, I like to observe uh, people and dynamics. And I, and I would encourage leaders to really have some self-awareness of the impact 
that they are having on others and, and uh, around them. Um, you know, Jarvis, you mentioned earlier about just how you feel every time you and I engage. And part of that, honestly, is by design. I, I, many, many years ago, I intentionally wanted to make sure that I left any person that I engage, I left them better than how I found them. And here's the irony to that. The other tool I'll mention is called the Strengths Finder uh, tool. It's done by the Gallup organization. And again, you mentioned it. This is just, these are just tools. Well, come to find out when I did my Strengths Finder, my top five strengths, one of them was Maximizer. <laughs> what that is that you'd like to help people and, 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 and environments, organizations and things be better than what they were, then I, I found them. And, um, and I also touched on the self-awareness. One of my other strengths, according to StrengthsFinder, was individualization, whereas I really want to study and understand folks. And so one of the tools I'll, I'll mention as a personal tool that I have is just we should be obsessively curious about people, obsessively curious about who they are, what they are, what excites them, what doesn't. Uh, in order for us to be able to be impactful, we can't help them if we're not being uh, listening to them. Um, and the, the last tool I'll mention, again, it's a, about self-awareness. It's called the predictive index. Uh, again, it's just a tool. It's not the Bible by no means, but it's a, a really great uh, personality profile type tool or exercise for folks to understand what's underneath the hood. What are the drivers um, for them personally? If you ever had a predictive index tool done, you'll 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 understand it. You'll get it. It's it's a really great uh, narrative that they share with you of who and what you are. But also, it's helpful for teams. It's helpful for that for that leader and their teams to have a better understanding of who they are uh, personally, but also their teams, so they can better work collaboratively. So I will say I'm, I'm a huge fan of like those personality tests in general. So I've done, you know, the Myers-Briggs and um, Myers-Briggs does a pretty good job, I think, of pinpointing me. But I actually had the chance to do the predictive index okay. um, uh, uh, earlier this year, just a couple of months ago. And that thing was spot on. Um, yep. I, I had never done it before, never heard of it before. And when I say like this thing was basically like, Jarvis, this is you. Um, and and again, that that's been a part of my journey because, you know, seeing, you know, the results of that assessment now working with my coach, I mean, these are, it's all connecting, but, um, the predictive index is an exceptional tool. Um, and I love the strength finders as well. Uh, we've had a a couple of other guests recommend it. So I'm familiar with it. I have the book. I just haven't sat down to go go through it. Um, so I'll put this kind of challenge out to our audience members. If anybody would love to work with me on doing the strength finders, and maybe we get a small little uh, cohort together to do a strength finders, and Merritt will we'll pull you in on that if you're interested as well. But um, I, I've said it every time I've had a guest mention strength finders, I'm like, hey, yeah, I, I'm officially going to do strength finders. Um, so it's I just an wrote, awesome tool. It's yeah, an I awesome just, tool. I just wrote down on my note sheet, you know, strength finders challenge. So that will be something I'll try to put out for our audience, and maybe we'll we'll see if we get any takers on that. That's awesome. Awesome. All right, perfect. Um, Merritt, next question. I, I love if you could share with us um, a healthcare leader that's had the most influence on your career, and share with us uh, what was that impact. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'll start with the one that's probably had, the one that has had the greatest impact for me, 
um, and, and not to get too spiritual on folks, but I, I'm, I say this very proudly that um, I am a believer and that um, Jesus uh, and himself to me, I believe is the, the greatest leader of all time. <laughs> and if you read and, and um, you know, I know people are, are different faiths and, and that's fine. Um, but this is for me personally, that I, I just believe in, and watch and listen to the, the, the stories. And as you read the stories in the Bible, uh, he just really teaches you how to practice, as I've kind of shared earlier, empowerment <laughs> leadership. Um, and being able to have, because at the end of the day, leadership is about influence, right? And that is, it is, that is at its core. And I just believe he, he's probably the greatest leader of all time. Um, now, shifting gears a little bit to, to folks that I've directly engaged with and connected with, I've had several. I, I've had a, um, a, a hospital CEO in the earlier part of my career, probably some 20 plus years ago, um, I had an opportunity, I was blessed that he, I was able to do part of my um, graduate work, my residency program at his hospital. And I just watched when this gentleman walked into any room, when he walked into housekeeping, food services, you thought Jesus was in the room <laughs> because that is how he lit people up. And I just saw the people illuminate and they just come to life whenever he walked in. And one day I decided to ask him, like, what is that? What do you, how, how do you get folks to react that way? And he said something very simple. He said, Merritt, treat people well. It's that simple. Be kind to people, be, be thoughtful and just treat them well. And, and that is it. And, and I model myself after him, after I saw that. And, and I just, he, he was fantastic. Um, another person now mentioned, um, was a, a, a leader a few companies ago. Um, he was the president of the company and he asked me to take on a, a sales role, leading the sales organization. And as I shared earlier, I had no intention of, of doing that, but he, he and the other uh, senior leadership teams thought high enough of me that he believed that I could be able to have influence and impact on the sales organization, as well as our business, because the referrals were our business referrals were flat and just, we really needed to turn that on its head. And, you know, quite frankly, at the time I was going through a, um, a personal medical scare at the time, my wife, we had a five-year-old daughter and uh, twins on the way. And I honestly told them because of the, the medical scare that I was going through, I said, I, I can't do this right now. I, I can't take on the role. And he said something to me, he said, Merritt, I'd rather take you at half strength than someone else at a hundred percent strength because I know who you are. That was the turning point for me, just mindset mentally and just shifted. And again, he had that influence and impact on me, which I were very dear friends and close still today. He's a mentor of mine that I believe like, okay, that is the person that really has um, given me some great influence. And again, I want to be able to do that same influence and impact on others as well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll share that with you. Uh, I appreciate, you know, all, all of those stories. I mean, really the takeaway that I pull from it and it, it connects with the message of Jesus, right? Great leaders love, and that's the calling is yes. to love everybody, right? Um, but then I, I do want to highlight just again from the impact 
because that was the other part of the question. Um, I think it is a, a leader's role to challenge the mindset of the teams and the people that we work with. And it sounds like that's exactly what those leaders did for you. I mean, that message, I'd rather have you at half strength than someone else at full strength. Man, that's a mindset shift, a mindset shift that yes. I think would like put me at a totally new level, even at 50 percent. You were probably coming into that role, that mindset, trying to push harder than your 100 um, percent. So, you know, that's that's a huge takeaway. I think that's a role that we don't always talk about as leaders. But, you know, even for me, coming from a sports background, the role of a coach right They're the leaders of the team they're pushing their teams every single day to get bigger, faster, stronger, better, better. Right. Um, And and so we never really highlight that a leader's role really is to push, um, to do it in a very leadership strategic way. But that's right. um, But yeah, I mean, I I love that mindset. They, they just challenge you, you know, like I would, your 50% is still going to be better than most people's 100%, but I guarantee you didn't go at it at 50% after you heard that. So I went hard and to your point, <laughs> it blew my mind when he said that. I just it just put me in a total different space and shifted my mindset, as you said. And it just made me want to go and work that much harder for him um, when he said that. Um, and Jarvis, you didn't ask this, but I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, but we talked about leaders that influenced us. There is a one other leader that influenced me for the converse reason. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, you know, a quick story again. I still remember it was about 25 years ago, early in my career, I wanted to start my uh, graduate work, getting my healthcare, my uh, master's in health service administration. And the leader, two, two levels above me, approached me in the hallway and asked me, well, why are you going back to school? And I was so infuriated by that question. It took everything in me to just like not lash out. And I just looked at her and I said, the same reason anybody wants to go back to school, and that is to better themselves. But what I realized at that very moment, she had no interest in supporting my endeavors. And so, again, we talked about stepping into your greatness and taking calculated risk. I took a risk. I went above her. I went to her boss, the CEO, because I saw that he had a master's in health administration. I asked him, say, hey, would you support me on this journey? What I'd love to do is be able to do my residency at the corporate office. I'll be gone for about three months. Would you support me? Jarvis, not only did he say yes and support my journey, he paid me my full salary for three months while I was gone. And I will tell you, as you can imagine, that leader who um, asked me that terrible question, she was not very happy (laughs) that it happened. But I will tell you two, two impacts from that. Obviously, the leader who asked me that, that horrible question, she taught me what not to do and what not to be as a leader. Whereas her boss told me what to do. Again, that's empowerment leadership that he demonstrated. So I'll share that with you. No, and I, I appreciate that. And again, just kind of another way of looking at the different opportunities, the power of reflecting on a lot of our our days and our experiences, because good leadership comes in the converse examples, <laughs> uh, for, for better or for worse. But absolutely, um, yeah, I could think the way you shared that story makes me think of a few leaders that I've come across where I've notably said I don't want to be like that leader, and I, I take that into my next journeys as well. So, um, perfect. Um, let me move you to this next question, Merritt. 
what do you see as the number one challenge and the number one opportunity for today's up and coming healthcare leaders? Simply put, investing in employees. I, I think, or I know leaders do not take the time to really strategize well, first engage their employees, strategize around who they are, what they are, what are the strengths that they possess that could be of value into the organization. We need to pause as leaders to really assess our greatest asset, which are our employees, and how can we have, be impactful to them personally and also share that, that value into the business. Um, two, uh, not taking the time, again, going back to pausing, to be intentional about listening to all stakeholders, patients, employees at every level of the organization. Everyone has a voice that they need to share. And I, I believe strongly that we have to take that time to listen to that feedback so we can utilize that as we start planning strategically long-term. Um, so yeah, those, those are probably be the two biggest pieces I'll share. Perfect. And I think those go a long way again for emerging leaders, um, but even again, old school leaders who probably already been in their positions for uh, several years, maybe even a couple of decades. I mean, to your stakeholders, um, yeah, that that's that's why we're in business, especially as healthcare being a people-driven business. So absolutely. Um, perfect. Well, Merritt, uh, man, you are doing a phenomenal job. Um, I am going to move us into the next part of this interview that I call the two-minute drills, kind of my take on you know, a rapid fire Q&A from the old football days. But uh, let me sure. check in with you first, man. Um, are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right, perfect. Well, Merritt, this next question is something of a two-parter where I first love for you to tell our quality people something about your current role that inspires you to do your best, but then also share with us, how do you inspire other professionals? Love that question. So I'll answer it through a story again. You know, during my first 45, 60 days in, in my uh, role with this company, I've been on a, what I call the listening and learning world tour, been to about 30, 35 sites and just connecting with all the different team members at the different levels of the organizations in the, in the field. And I have a, a staple question that I typically ask and uh, of everyone is if, if there is one thing that I could have accomplished in a year from now to exceed your expectations, what would that be? And, and that's what I asked um, this uh, particular uh, clinic director. And her response was so profound to me. Her response was simply this. And you mentioned it earlier, actually, Jarvis. Her response was, love hard. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And I said, well, okay, well, tell me what you mean by that. She said, Merritt, doing exactly what you're doing now. You are taking the time to speak to each of us, connect with us. This is not something that's typical. I haven't seen this in my career. The fact that you're here at dinner with us, having a conversation, getting to know who we are personally, professionally, you have no idea the impact that you're making. And so her advice was to continue that. And to her, that's what, how she describes about um, sharing love, right? Is being able to connect with people. Um, so I, I just... She impacted me more than I believe I impacted her that, at that very moment. So that really gets me um, very excited. And what was the other part of your question, Jarvis? <laughs> <laughs> How do you also inspire the, uh, the team members that you're working with? 
I, I think just what, what, what I shared with you uh, in that story, just connecting with you folks. Nice. Uh, I just, I don't know of any other way. It's funny. I, I got to give a shout out to my wife on this because uh, um, we have three uh, kids and, and she's, you know, holding down the whole home front while I'm on the road to, to meet with all these folks. And I've had some folks actually tell me, please tell your wife, thank you <laughs> for um, supporting you on this journey. And, um, but I got to, again, give credit to my wife because she knows what the impact and power I have when I get out to meet with folks, because she's seen it. We've been married 21 years. So she knows, and she's like, you have to get out there. And that's what I've been doing. And, I, and to be quite honest, Jarvis, I'm not a technical process guru like you. All I know is this is what I do. I, I, this is where my passion is, is how I connect with folks. I, I believe in and in, in really uh, lighting folks up every time I engage and connect with them. And um, I ask a lot of questions in that process. And because uh, it's all about uh, learning for me. Well, and, you know, Merrick, you know, we had talked about trying to get this conversation set up for weeks now. Sure. And it was right at the beginning of you taking your new role. And I've been, you know, obviously I follow your journey and seeing so many of the uh, amazing pictures you've been posting on LinkedIn. And I'm just like, this dude is all over the world, but um, <laughs> all of the pictures have just looked phenomenal. Just seeing you connect with your new teams for the first time. Thank um, you. So I just want to give you that credit, man. I, I've been sitting and watching. And so that's why I have not pressed at all to <laughs> officially get you on the podcast because I, I see what you're doing and, you know, the. Um, that feedback, you know, loving heart, it, it definitely shines through those pictures that you've been posting. So, oh, that means a lot, man. That that means a lot, and um, yeah, no, thank you for that because it, it means a lot to me to to do that, and it's it's just I I don't know any other way. That's just who I am. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, Merritt, next question: What's the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? Two words, Jarvis. Be you. <laughs> that simple, and um, you know, kind of referencing back to that imposter syndrome that a lot of us share. And, and I, and as I said, I've, I've had it throughout my career. I continue to, to, to um, control that, if you will. Someone said to just be me. And once I actually could understand who that was, and I actually went to a journey, uh, through a journey in order to really script out and really define who I am and what I do. And now I have complete clarity. And I started sharing that clarity with others and they receive it, <laughs> they receive it. So it was, it was a freeing moment uh, in, in my time and my career to be able to just be who I am authentically and genuinely and not necessarily hold back, um, you know, as, as, as leaders and executives and, and, uh, and, and uh, leaders and executives of color, sometimes we feel like we've got to be different than who we actually are. And, and a lot of times we, we do, unfortunately, but I would encourage um, those of any kind of um, uh, underrepresented group, the same thing, be yourself, be you. Don't try to be anyone else because you're not, there's only one person that can be the best you there is, and that's you. Love it. And, you know, th that advice obviously presents um, a huge amount of authenticity for anybody who takes that advice. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Merit, I, again, I'm clearly I'm a fan of a lot of things you do, but you recently posted a picture that also just starts off with my why. Mm. And it's the picture with your daughters and having DDT. 
But, <laughs> but the, the thing I want to connect in there to what you just shared is understand your why. You said it, you know, having your principles and that clear definition of what it means to be you. Um, I just, okay. you know, want to drive that home again. So you, you, you just got me below the belt, man. Now you're going <laughs> to try to get me all emotional, Jarvis. But listen, and, and to your point, it, it, is, it, is, it is absolutely very true. I, I grew up very much in very humble beginnings. That that could be another podcast episode. Um, didn't have much. Um, my family, I'm a first generation um, immigrant from Jamaica, and we moved to the states. Didn't have much, and so I knew what that life was like. And so I'm intentionally driven to ensure my children or my children's children will never have to experience that. Um, and so. It's funny when I posted that, yeah, I wasn't planning to. I just, you know, I would I've been traveling for you know the last six plus weeks and I'm tired. And I said, you know what, it's time for me to get some time with with the kiddos. And you know, this time it was it was a daughter's day. I have a son that stayed had to stay home and but I took my two girls out and and we just had a good time. And it was it's been a long time. And um I asked him, say, hey, you guys have a good time with the daddy daughter date? He's like, Absolutely, this was fun. And so that that re-energizes me as, as you can imagine so that I can continue to do the work that I do so but thank you for for noticing and bringing that up absolutely absolutely well you know your so many of your posts again they inspire me so again for our listeners um if you if you just need a daily dose of something good in your life um, <laughs> connect with merit on LinkedIn we'll, we'll talk about social media at the end of our conversation but um, you know, your, your LinkedIn posts keep me going. Absolutely. I get excited when I do merit. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, merit, what do you consider to be three key attributes of being an effective healthcare leader? Well, um, like, like before Jarvis, I'll, I'll give you four. <laughs> <laughs> I always got to give you a little bonus. Uh, and, and I'll also take it further. I don't think it's just about being a healthcare leader. I just think it's about being a leader. And what I will share with you, it is I'll share my four personal leadership pillars, and it's it's very simple. And it took me some time to really understand who I am, what I do, and how I do it. But every time I've gone to an organization, to and I I, I want to make an impact. And I've I went back and just did some self reflection of how do I do that is the question I kept asking myself. And it took me a, a while to come up with these four pillars. And they are simply this, four words. Number one, engage, learn, adapt, lead. And here's what I mean by that. When I come into any organization, it's important to me to engage with the, the teams, the employees. Uh, and my, my wife says it well, she says, Mary, you do actually do more than engage, you connect with folks. And so, it's important to me for me to engage with them, connect, learn their, 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 their successes, their challenges, their passions, uh, what drives them, uh, any struggles that they're facing, um, where can I add value, things like that. And from there, I kind of gradually shift to, to learning, um, learning more about the employees, the people, the, the, the teams, the, the business, you know, what are the challenges, what are the struggles, where were the pain points, where are the were the successes? Um, how have we won uh, in the past? Just understanding what that is. And then from the engaging and learning, this is where I take those first two pieces 
and uh, begin what I call adapt. And that's where I start building collaboratively with the teams to create and adapt a plan to go forward, right? And so that's a collaborative process, you know, engage all the folks so that way we're, we're aligned in the same direction. We come up with that plan, which then leads to the final phase, which is leading that plan. So that's leading through the execution, leading our, our, our results, our expectations, um, and then, you know, to adapt that and adjust accordingly um, based on the outcomes that, that we're having. So those are the four pieces that I, I personally live by that I will share with folks. Um, uh, my own personal process that I think is helpful for um, leaders in, in, in a variety of industries. All right, so Merritt, are you, um, are you familiar with the CASE method? I'm not. Tell me about right. that. All right. So it stands for uh, copy and steal everything. So um, I am letting you know right now, I will be completely hijacking what you just shared there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully it's not copywritten. Copy anywhere. and steal everything. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you just got to make it sound legit. Now it's, uh, it's it. the, it's the case it. method. But no, um, I, I completely um, align with everything you just shared there. So engage, learn, adapt, and lead. And I mean, to your point, I, I will obviously connect these topics into healthcare leadership, but that's just leadership. That's just being right. a good, amazing person for your teams, for your community, for your customers and patients. So absolutely love that. Um, Mary, could you please share with our quality people a professional society or in a professional conference that you think would be a value at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's just so many out there, to be honest, but I think some foundational core organizations to be a part of is uh, our ACHE, the American College of Healthcare Executives, um, uh, to there'd be NASI, the National Association of Health Service Executives. Uh, I would also tell folks to uh, this is a great time for, for leaders that want to continue to advance into uh, senior management, the board level. I would encourage them to look up organizations like the Private Directors Association. There is probably 20, 25 plus chapters around the country. Atlanta has a very strong chapter that I'm a member of. Uh, and, and then also, you know, as you can imagine, there's a huge push right now for diversity in the boardroom. And I recently completed a program through Santa Clara University. It was the first of its, its uh, style type which is called the Black Corporate Board Readiness Program through Santa Clara University. And it really just uh, helps senior management, senior leaders, executives to prepare to become board directors of uh, public or private uh, organizations. I mentioned those organizations as it's, you know, it was that uh, program was actually built off of its uh, women's uh, corporate board readiness program. And so I would encourage folks as you want to continue to aspire and grow as a senior leader as a, and potentially a board director to look up programs like that, that would be uh, very helpful to in your continued development. All right. And I, I do want to capstone that. Uh, Mary, you told me about the Santa Clara program some time ago, and I have looked into it. So I'm going to try to figure awesome. out the right time. That's that's one of those things I mentioned um, you know, as I move into September, my new annual goals will kind of get refreshed and renewed. And that's one that's making the um, making the list in terms of getting on official business boards myself. So good for you. Good for you. 
Uh, Merritt, if you could recommend one book to our quality people, what would it be and why? Yeah, I'm never going to give you what you asked for, Jarvis. So I'm going to give you two. At okay, least. I thought you were going to come with four books. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of been my story, right? Uh, my probably right now, it's going to be uh, Unleashed: The Unapolog- Unapologetic Leader's Guide to Empowering Everyone, Everyone Around You, by Francis Fry and um, I'm sorry, Francis Frey. And Anne Morris, uh, they're both professors. Frances Frey is a professor out of Harvard. She's um, on Clubhouse. She's on Twitter or LinkedIn. I encourage everyone to to, to listen to her. Uh, she just, I love her 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 leadership approach is empowerment leadership. To be honest, I really had no idea what was my leadership style or approach until I read that book. <laughs> Once I read it, it helped me define my style a little bit more, um, and, but she just lays it out so thoughtfully in, in that book. The second one I would mention is by the, the father or grandfather of leadership is by John Maxwell, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. That is one that I feel strongly that uh, I think you mentioned to me, Jarvis, you, you listen to it on an annual basis. I would agree that we, we've got a, we should listen to that on a regular basis. It's just great foundational reminders of uh, the, the, the core concepts of what leadership is. And I mean, for that book, once, once you take a lot of those 21 principles to heart, you know, I, I could be in random situations. I'm like, oh, that's, that's leadership principle number 10. So let's talk about that, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so no, perfect recommendations there, uh, Merritt. This next question I have for you, I call this kind of the silver bullet question. So I love to get just one piece of advice that you would give to healthcare organizations to help them focus on, um, really focus on leadership development internally for their teams. Two points. One, be intentional. Two, make no assumptions. Be intentional, meaning there has to be a plan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it can't, we can't, and we can't make assumptions that things are just happening organically within the organization and it has to be completely designed. It has to be structured. It has to be folks held accountable to creating uh, leaders and, and, and for more importantly, the employees need to see what that career path looks like, right? And what are the steps to develop as a leader? Uh, it cannot be this nebulous idea of, of being a great leader. And I strongly believe if we are not intentional about having a program to develop leaders, the business results will suffer, guaranteed, guaranteed. And so I think it's extremely important that that leaders are intentional about having a program to develop internal leaders and make no assumption that it's happening organically, because that is 10 times out of 10, not the case. Love it. And Merritt, now we're right there. So for our closer today, let's say that we're sitting here a year from now celebrating what a great year has been for you and the team that you're working and the work that you're leading. Um, Take a second to think about it, but what exactly did we achieve this year? And most importantly, how are we celebrating? That's a great question. Um, I I love that a lot, Jarvis. I I go back to uh, something I mentioned earlier, and that's I want to be intentional about helping all the team members, employees, leaders grow and prosper personally, as well as professionally. And I believe that through that process, my hope is that because of that development along the way, 
it will prove and show itself in our clinical outcomes, our employee and patient engagement scores, and ultimately, and the business results, the growth of the business. That is what's going to be um, key for me, for sure. Um, does that help? That's perfect. How are we celebrating? <laughs> yeah. How are we celebrating? That's another great question. Assuming, um, assuming no pandemic, of course. Assuming no pandemic, I would hope that we just have a big organizational gathering, get together where we're just having a, you know, a successful year. We're celebrating together. We're breaking bread together. We're, we're having some fun activities. Uh, we're giving out awards, uh, uh, recognition um, for some, you know, top performance, top behaviors, if you will. And um, that would be a lot of fun for me. That that's that would be awesome, actually. Perfect. Well, Merritt, um, I have to thank you again that this entire conversation, just like all of our conversations, very inspirational. Um, I'm coming out motivated, learned quite a bit more just about you, your mindset, your leadership style. So I appreciate you deeply. I know everything you just share with um, with our audience when we get this pushed out into the podcast universe. I know they're going to benefit from it as well. Um, Merritt, let's go ahead and lend, uh, end today with you just sharing the best way for folks to connect with you or to follow you on social media, and then we'll officially sign off. Awesome. I appreciate that, Jarvis. Jarvis, as always, you, you are a gem, you are a gentleman and a scholar. I always enjoy our conversations as well. Um, I, I, will, I will add this point and then I'll share about the, the, the social media. Um, one of the quotes I've learned about the, the, um, the company I, I'm with today, we have a, a really impactful quote that I want to share with the audience and uh, hopefully it resonates. And that is, in our organization, we believe that we're small enough to care but big enough to make a difference. And we talked a lot about this whole concept of impact throughout this conversation. And my hope is that I, I encourage the other leaders that are listening on this call to make sure that they have that impact. And please feel free to use, as Jarvis said, the case method to, to steal my engage, learn, adapt, and lead uh, uh, leadership uh, pillars, if you will, uh, to go ahead and, and um, exercise that within your, your leadership uh, style and approach. And so that said, I write a lot about this on my LinkedIn profile, so I can easily be reached on LinkedIn. It's Merritt McKenzie, just how it sounds, M-E-R-R-I-T-T. -T. McKenzie, I believe I'm the only one on there as, as such, but I've got probably about 15 plus articles that I've written uh, on a variety of things from uh, leadership, diversity in the boardroom, C-suite um, as well. Uh, just a lot of things that I'm passionate about. So that's probably the best way to follow me as well. All right, perfect. Well, Merritt, thank you so much again. I know you and I have so many more future conversations coming up, but um, I appreciate you giving time to connect with our audience of healthcare leaders, of quality professionals, all of the above, everyone that plugs in today. Um, to our quality people everywhere, thank you all for listening and making us a part of your day. This is Jarvis and Merritt, and we're signing off. Quality people, thank you so much again for plugging in with today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it using the social media link posted in the notes below. I'd also be very grateful if you could subscribe, give us a rating, and also share feedback on what additional value we can bring to you through this podcast. That helps a lot with our show rankings and also with getting this great content out to healthcare leaders around the world. 
And if you want to engage with me directly, then please connect with me on LinkedIn, where I share additional resources, access to our QI community, and much more. All right, quality people, thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week when I introduce you to another quality guest.